0: Welcome again to our latest podcast. This is Steve Taylor for the Rio Grande Guardian and RGV Public Radio 88 FM. We're in our McAllen bureau today, but we're actually focusing on a show, a symposium that was held in the radio both yesterday and earlier this morning. It's called The Pathways for Trade. It's the 25th anniversary of The Pathways for Trade, North American Logistics and Manufacturing. Uh, it was held at Texas A&M International University. And we're going to hear today from three uh, distinguished uh, speakers at the event that we interviewed. First up, we're going to hear from Pete Sines, the mayor of Laredo. Then will come Frederico Schaeffler, who's at Texas A&M International University. And then we'll end with Guillermo Malpica Soto, who is head of trade and NAFTA in the office of the Mexican Ministry of Economy, Uh, In Washington, D.C. So, but let's first of all hear from Laredo Mayor Pete Sines, who opened the symposium.
1: Uh, Yeah, we welcome the people, a lot of people attending this this symposium. Uh, This is the the LMA, uh, Laredo, uh, well, it's the Logistics Manufacturing Association Summit here in Laredo, Texas, uh, and uh, and we invite special uh, speakers here that that are enlightened in in trade and commerce, uh, and uh, they're basically uh, informing us as to the the current status of of NAFTA, if if there is going to be a NAFTA. Of course, we heard from a, a Mexican... A diplomat on that, uh, uh, they're also wishful that that the Canadians will will come in. Of course, that depends on, on what the U.S. also uh, you know allows. But I'm very elated, uh, you know, to, to say that that obviously now the arrangement we do have an arrangement with Mexico and the U.S. and that's going to help us here in the border. Uh, we're still very hopeful that uh, Canada will will step in as well. So anyway, it's uh, Nat, um, 2.0 is is very much on on the um, forefront. Uh, and hopefully we can get it done and if not I mean we've experienced um, all sorts of volumes in trade in the last um, two years you know, despite the uncertainty I mean we we've, we've been growing uh and, of course, that brings us challenges, we know, as, as border towns, uh, of, of more infrastructure and, and working closer to Washington, with Washington and, and Austin. But also, too, um, very appreciative of, of the work that, that our counterparts are in Mexico, the entire region of, of Mexico, at the northern part. Well, all parts, really, uh, because uh, sometimes we we forget about them, which, which I, I don't, but other people do, um, but they're very much part of that formula. You know we're successful simply because Mexico is also very, uh, very there with us. Uh, and, you know they do their part, we do our part, and, and that's what makes us uh, uh, one of one of the uh, most uh, successful ports in the border. Uh, and I'm talking about Laredo, uh, the Port of Laredo, and of course the, uh, the you know the entire U.S.-Mexico uh, border as well. Uh, you know we all uh, live out of this economy; uh, it sustains us. And I'm talking now going back to Laredo. It, for us, it's it's. it's it's huge. Uh, this is the primary engine that we have, uh, you know, economic engine that provides easily 40, 50 percent of our economy, uh, and then from that engine, you know, we have secondary, uh, you know, engines uh, that that uh, that are derived uh, from that from that source. Uh, so uh, we're we're uh, doing our part, and uh, we invite other people to to get engaged, uh, uh, to learn more, uh, and the more information we have, the more prosperous we can all become.
0: You mentioned a moment ago there that uh, your trade has grown, business has grown in the last couple of years. Do you remember the
1: percentages? Yeah, we've been growing 4 or 5% uh, uh, per year. Uh, CBP is telling us that it may be even uh, larger now. Uh, since last July uh, from July of last year to this July I was told recently that we've grown 50,000 uh, trucks uh, and uh, I've heard numbers now before we used to say that we had 16,000 trucks now it's closer to 20,000 uh, per, uh, per day uh, per day here in the uh, Puerto Laredo. and this is both ports of course we have the World Trade bridge and then we have the Columbia Bridge port as well so uh, it, it's, it's good but it's it, it does present uh, challenges. Uh, and this is why we need to invest more, you know, in infrastructure, uh, become more efficient, uh, and of course we all need to stay competitive, and that's a key word. Uh, and and, uh, and we got to connect to other ports, to you know, to the cities, uh, and and that takes roads, and, and the majority of these the, the freight is, is carried through um, you know, through trucks. Uh.
0: But like you say, four to five percent a year in a time of uncertainty. At the same time, I mean, there's so much uncertainty about what's going to happen with uh, U.S.-Mexico relations, and yet still you've been
1: we have and, and that's and that says volumes of of um basically the world economy uh, and uh, coming through um, through this port here uh, and and when we say we're growing we're growing this is new business this is not taken away from any other ports uh, and I my understanding too, all the other ports are growing as well uh, so this is a, a an indication of how massive this this commerce and trade is is uh, for for our nation and for Mexico especially the border area and it, so, get better. And it is and now and I also mentioned that we we have have some visitors here from from the, the Republic of China, uh, the news media. They want to know more about Laredo, so uh, they, um, we did an interview with them, and they're kind of visiting our port as well. And this is not the first time uh, they've been here with us, uh, so it's it sparked an interest also from from other countries, in particular China now. Uh, and given these this um, tariff uh, wars uh, situation that, that we have with them, they they obviously are seeking solutions also to see what what's in their best interest. And, and possibly the border could be you know, part of that that solution. Uh, so we need to stay hopeful, open, and and uh, and also um, reflective of, of who we are and, and and what we can do, and what resources the border area can uh, can provide. And and uh, that's what makes uh, my job very interesting and and at the same time challenging. Uh, but but we welcome uh, whoever wants to do business in the border area. Uh, we're open for business. Yeah.
0: One last question: On Friday, you have the U.S.-Mexico Border Mayors Association.
1: We do. But, but Thursday we have the Tibic, Quebec, yeah, tomorrow, yeah, yes. Texas Border Coalition, which, of course, uh, the Valley is much, very much part of that. So we'll be having also meetings and discussions. And then uh, Friday uh, we'll have some more mayors. Uh, it's a more extensive. The entire U.S.-Mexico uh, uh, border uh, uh, mayors conference here in San Antonio. So uh, we'll be also in a panel with other mayors, uh, one from California and I think others from the Valley You're as well. You're
0: going to get a speaking role there?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, well, a panel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is a speaking. Role. So, so we're what's excited that, what's about that, that message. Can you tell us what your message will be to that conference? Well, the message is that uh, we're growing and that, that we need to prepare. Uh, uh, that also, I think we need to be uh, uh, kind of cautious in a way. But also, uh, you know, I hear about this pre-clearing and post-clearing, uh, and and I don't exactly know what. I'm concerned that that maybe down years from now, or who knows, uh, that maybe the border would not be that significant. So because of uh, Bypassing us some way somehow, uh, and that's that's something that I've, I've I've been thinking about. Not that it'll happen, I don't, and and I don't want to inject any in the short term. At the least. Short, yeah, but obviously we're all seeking, you know, the industries are seeking efficiency and competi- and being competitive. Uh, so uh, and, and especially now through this uh, trusted carriers and companies, you know, maybe the border may not be that significant anymore for us. Uh, There's
0: something to be watchful
1: of. Yeah, yeah, watch. You're a border leader. Correct. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, but it, it's you know if, because efficiencies so technology. will technology. Yeah, it, it may mean that CBP may end up in another city somewhere where they further well north and further or south, south and,
0: and, and they just and come clear. straight through,
1: right? And then yeah, no need so, to warehouse here, right? And and uh, and that's something for the border mayors to kind of be thinking about. Not that I, 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 I want to make a big issue of it, but it's something to be watchful for. Well, you're you know.
0: giving it to me. I might do a story. Yeah.
1: Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. The that's fine. If, yeah. yeah, we need more discussion. You uh, know, I'm not. Yeah, I don't have facts yet. Uh, I, I, from what I hear, uh, mm. that's that's one conclusion. Well, not conclusion, but yeah. one one theory that I yeah. that I may, you know, that makes me, you know, think a little harder. Pause for thought. for thought. Yeah. 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 Mm, so, interesting. Uh, but maybe other leaders may not think it's. Yeah, I don't see this in the immediate future, no. but but maybe 15, no. 20, 30 years from now. Like you knows. say,
0: 40 to 50 percent of your economy is based on trade. It's something that we have to think about.
1: Right, right. Got it. And uh, and you know, not necessarily here, but throughout the, the course, border area. Yeah. Course. So. Uh,
0: but you're like number one. I mean, whenever we think of U.S.-Mexico relations, it's Laredo and whoever sure. Laredo. And- right. That was Pete Signs, the mayor of Laredo, interviewed at the 25th. Pathways for Trade North American Logistics and Manufacturing Symposium held over the past few days at Texas A&M International University. Our next interview is with Dr. Frederico Schaeffler who is Director of the Texas Center for Border Economic and Enterprise Development at TAMIU. Here's Dr. Schaeffler.
2: Yeah, thank you. This is a this is a, an annual event we have here in Laredo since uh, 25 years ago, and uh, a lot of the economic development organizations and, pro- and professional organizations from Los Dos Laredos get together to organize it. Now we have, have had first rate, top notch uh, speakers from Mexico, the United States, and Canada. Today we had the opportunity to hear Minister Guillermo Malpica, who's with the NAFTA office of Mexico. Uh, in the embassy of Mexico in Washington, and he gave us a great presentation of what's the the highlights, what have been the highlights, and what have been the challenges of the NAFTA modernization or renegotiation process. It, it has allowed uh, this has allowed us at the border to under better understand what's happening, and because Laredo and Nuevo Laredo are the gateway for it's the most important land port in in the Western Hemisphere, and it's the second uh, customs district the United States uh, there the local economy uh, is uh, dependent in a great amount to, to trade. So, can I stop you there, Yes, sir. Pete? Pete Signs, your mayor, <coughs> Mayor Signs, was telling me, forty to fifty percent of all activity in the radar is based upon international trade. Yes, and and uh, as an example, uh, in the case of Mexico, uh, a fifth of all value-added uh, trade, uh, the, uh, what's called the IVA, the Impuesto al Valor Agregado, is uh, collected in the Nuevo Laredo uh, port of entry, and in the case of the of the Laredo, Texas, it's. Uh, uh, um Almost three hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars a minute of the one million dollars a minute that crosses between Mexico and the United States. Okay, because we have over thirty-seven percent just in Laredo. If we go to the district of Laredo, that goes all the way from Eagle Pass to to uh, Brownsville and Corpus. It's we're talking about fifty-two percent of all U.S.-Mexico trade crosses through this this uh, this customs district. This is why the Laredo's customs district is the second most important in all of the United States just after Los Angeles. And so trade with Mexico, I mean everyone in the radio knows
0: Please the importance of this. This season is season. this is every this is your bread so and butter.
2: Yes. It, session here. Y- yes, it is, and and it's not only trade between Mexico, and the United States, and Canada, but it's trade with, with all Worldwide. the world. Worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Well, Frederico, we're probably going to get that to stop because the yeah, panel well, next panel starting. T- tell me of your title. Uh, I'm the director of the Texas Center for Border Economic and Enterprise Development at uh, Texas A&M International University. Sitting in Laredo, Texas. To- that was
0: Federico Schaeffler from the Texas A&M International University in Laredo speaking to the Rio Grande Guardian and 88FM at the Pathways for Trade Symposium held in Laredo on September 19th and 20th. Next up, possibly the best uh, speaker on the first day of the conference was Guillermo Malpica Soto who is Head of Trade and NAFTA Head of Trade and NAFTA Office in Mexico's Ministry of Economy in Washington D.C. Uh, he's a trained negotiator and uh, has done a lot of trade negotiations over the years. And he gave a very in-depth discussion in the keynote speech. He gave a very detailed uh, um, explanation of where the NAFTA renegotiations are right now between the U.S. and Mexico. He said he was hoping for NAFTA 2.0 and also hoping that Canada um, reaches agreement with the US and Mexico as well. In our interview with um, uh, the minister, Guillermo Malpica Soto, we asked him about a specific part of the NAFTA renegotiation, namely just how much content produced in North America will have to go into auto manufacturing. Any vehicles manufactured in Canada U.S. and Mexico, just how much of that is going to be created, produced in North America. So here's Guillermo's explanation.
3: The, the original uh, rule of origin, I mean the rule of origin of the original NAFTA has a, a regional value content of 62.5%. That is, 62.5% of the of the inputs of the car will be produced in NAFTA region, Mexico, US or Canada. That was the the original NAFTA. In this negotiation, the, there were two positions. Original positions from the US. The first one was to increase the regional value content up to 85% or something like that. And second idea of the United States was from that 85%, 50% should be in the U.S. only. So that was a very difficult position to to agree by Mexico and by Canada. At the end of the day, what we agreed on, and that is the, in the understanding between Mexico and the U.S., is to increase the regional value content up to 75%, but still counting the three countries as that, as that regional value content and then an element of uh, of, of, of related to wages. That is from that forty forty percent of the of the car inputs should be produced in a region that pays as an average sixteen dollars per hour there are still basically what you're saying is forty percent should be produced in canada and the u.s not only in the u.s. but now in canada and the u.s. and the remaining sixty percent can still be produced in mexico i was saying that uh, for for mexican current situation that is not a problem because we uh, today, uh, basically, contribute with less than sixty percent in most of the cases. So we still have a margin to grow in that participation of the of the total content of the car. So it's not a it's not a problem. And then at the same time, there are many still many questions to be solved in this uh, issue of sixteen dollars per hour because how you are going to count that, uh, how you are going to calculate that, is that going to be the salary of the um, of the person at the production line is that going to be the salary as an average of the salaries of the whole company including the manager no so, so there are still a number of questions to to answer there but but uh, in uh, as a summary mexico is uh, is comfortable with the result because we can comply after consultations with our industry yeah
0: and you were saying uh, maybe 80% uh, of the manufacturing that's done in Mexico, they can live with that, uh, mm-hmm. or 70, and then 10% will be will be able to, and at least 20% you have to work on. Uh-huh.
3: That is true. Correct? Yeah, currently, after our consultations with the car makers in Mexico, they told us that, well, basically 70% already comply with a new rule, and 10% uh, is going to comply in the next uh, 18 years. So they were already preparing to have this uh, supply chains to, to be able to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the remaining 20% is the, is, 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 uh, is the one that will need to, to have some sort of adjustment in, in their original business plan. Okay.
0: One last question because it, it didn't really come up in, the, in any of the questions from the Is Well, perhaps it did with one. What do you think this means for border economies like ours, uh, Laredo, Macau and the Rio Grande Valley? What could this new agreement mean for a border community?
3: I think what we are, what we are trying to achieve in this negotiation is to, to continue with the with the with the pace of growth in trade among the region, we didn't want to to, uh, to to put in danger the the integration processes within North America, and we were I think we were successful by the by the negotiation of these uh, rules of origin. So we expect to continue having these increased uh, flows, this increased growth. You see that uh, throughout the NAFTA years we have grown uh, trilaterally uh, probably four times uh, the growth of trade between Mexico. And the U.S. has grown seven times. The growth between Mexico and Canada has grown nine times. So we continue. We expect to continue with this path of, uh, of growth uh, uh, as a result of this negotiation. Which is good for the border region. Of course, because the border is where, I mean, 80% of what we trade with the U.S. goes through the border, goes by, by land. Yes.
0: And then, lastly, um, that the uh, deadlines. You were saying that perhaps by the end of November, that either an intention to sign or the actual signature could be put, could be done by the yeah. end of November.
3: The the USCR already sa- sent the letter uh, to the US Congress to say we have the intention to sign. That was done on August twenty seventh. So that means that 90 days after we can sign. That is by the end of November, and that that goes in line with the intention of Mexico to sign the agreement in this administration, which ends on November 30th. Right.
0: So you would sign as a country yeah. before the end of November, and presumably the US would as
3: well. Yeah, of course. The idea yeah. is that the US the US is requesting to sign to the Congress, so yeah. they will be able, in the in the best case in the best case scenario. U.S., Canada and Mexico will be able to sign of if not, Mexico and the U.S. will sign and then we will wait for Canada to continue the process until they are able to sign. Mm-hmm.
0: No? But U.S. and Mexico by the end of November?
3: We will be just ready. Just around the
0: corner.
3: Yeah, just around yeah. the corner and just in a few days, by the end of September the texts will be publicly available. That's another condition. Cool. you're
0: one of those lucky enough to have seen it.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: Guillermo, thank you so oh, much for pleasure. today's interview. Thank you. Uh, tremendous presentation. We Learned so much. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll get, we'll get the word out. Thank you. There was great audio there from th- three interviews we got at the recent trade show in the radio. Um, for more information, to read the stories, uh, go to reargrandyguardian.com or you can see us, like us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, thank you for joining us.